For anyone who follows me on social media or just basically knows me, you know how much I love working out. From dancing to bike riding, yoga, or just hitting the gym, I am always trying to find new ways to move. Physical movement and exercise has helped me with more than just days when I eat a lot of cookies. It's helped mentally as well. A quote from Elle Woods in the movie Legally Blonde comes to mind. Exercise gives you endorphins, endorphins make you happy, and happy people just don't shoot their husbands. Not that there's any danger of murder here, but we could all use a boost, especially in the crazy world we live in. This is why I have decided to do a mini-series on the art of fitness. All different kinds, so don't feel like you can't connect if you're not a yogi, or hate bicycles, or can't run more than a couple blocks at a time. We've all been there. For the first episode, I reached out to a trainer on an app that I use for my workouts called Aptive. It's an audio-based workout app where you bring the trainers with you anywhere you go. Cesar F. Barajas teaches yoga and meditation. That said, throughout our conversation, we talked about so much more. I have essentially broken this up into a few parts for you today. The background of this fascinating man, motivation from him for living our best lives, and, of course, the art of yoga and meditation. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this special episode of Artistic License. A chat with Cesar F. Barajas. First, I had to ask about his background. Cesar has taught and performed so many different art forms all over the world, and he started somewhere. Tell me how you got to where you are today. Um, I started as a 15-year-old performer for a theme park, so that was my after-school job. That is so cool. Yeah, it was neat because I everyone else was like working for McDonald's and stuff, and I, I happened to be able to pick up choreography, but I never was technically trained. I just sort of, I mean, I'm Latino, so I already have like rhythm. So it was already like sort of ingrained in my body. Um, and then I, I left high school and I joined the military. I spent seven years in the Navy and I was a medic. Um, I've done everything literally from deliver babies to treat Marines in a triage field hospital setting. And then I went to college and I was uh, on my way to med school. So I was biology pre-med. I was playing baseball in college. So I've always been an athlete. So whether it was dancing or it was playing baseball or soccer, and then I started dancing for a company in college. So I quit playing college baseball because the company that I was dancing with was starting to get hired professionally to do things. So I caught the eye of a ballet master and another person who used to dance for Alvin Ailey. And so there aren't really enough guys in dance, as you may or may not know, and I got recruited to go and study and teach, and so that led to summers, you know, dancing with the ballet company, with modern companies, Um, and then the Navy didn't work out. And all the the while, I was still in the Navy. Like, I was still doing my my commitments, and I was a year away from my commissioning as an officer when the Navy said, we're not going to send you to med school. We're going to actually make you a surface warfare officer. We're going to put you on a ship. We were going back to the Middle East, and I was like, I don't want to go back. I'm not trying to fight a war. I'm just trying to go to school. And I was able to separate honorably with a discharge. And so then it was like, what do I do? I was intent on going to medical school, but I had mm-hmm. always been artistically inclined. In case you lost track, that's theme park, delivering babies in the Navy, med school, ballet. I told you, this man has done everything. I have never in my life done something that I don't like. It doesn't mean that I haven't suffered through some, through some things and been like, oh, I gotta, I gotta do this. 
because, you know, there was, let's see, what's one of my worst artistic jobs? Oh, I had to ride a bike for a production company that was outfitted to carry desserts. Is there like a basket yeah, with dessert in it? Well, there was like, it, it, the, a table is essentially built onto like this tricycle thing, but because it's thematic, I, you know, I'm shirtless wearing a bow tie. And, you know, it's just demeaning. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> You're being stared at and looked at and, you know, there are lewd comments being made by both men and women, and you're like, ugh. So luckily, I got to a point where I'm like, nope, I don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> so it's that. But I, I've always found art to just be an, a very important part of what I do. And so that's what I think is the, the funniest thing about where we are now, because you ask, how did I get here? And girl, that's a beer and whiskey conversation. The thing I connected with the most is the art of balance. I think a lot of us are trying to find it, and Caesar seems to have it down pat. Or at least he's on the right track. One of the things that I feel like I can totally connect with is you seem like you have a lot of passions, and you're doing all of them. And I, you know, I'm into like a couple different kinds of things. And people are always like, oh, you need to pick a lane. You need to pick a lane. And I'm always like, well, why, though, if I'm good at these things and I'm expressing myself and I want to and I want to do a bunch of different things, why can't I? So how do you balance it all? Understanding, first and foremost, that the current lane you're in, like you said, you have the ability and the decision-making skills to decide when you want to hit that turn signal and go into the other lane. No one on this planet can influence that. So if you want to decide to take up five different things, then you have got to really be able to sit down and via your calendar or your phone calendar be able to allot the proper amount of time. If you're not in any rush then you can sit for an hour a week in your underwater basket weaving class. You can take another hour for your vocal lessons. You can take another hour, you know, a week for your guitar playing. You can take another hour for your, you know, workouts or several hours. It's, it's that. It's just where in my day can I put all this? Because we all also have to pay the bills. We got to, right. you know, we got rent to pay. Um, we want to enjoy ourselves. I don't mind waking up at 4 o'clock in the morning to teach a 6 a.m. class knowing that I'm going to take a 7.30 class and then I've got to get my ass in the shower because i got to be at the recording studio for after by 9.30. And then I've got three classes on my program and then from there I'm going to lead in-office meditation. And then from there I'm going to go to acupuncture. Um, from there I know I'm going to take a nap at some point because then I have to teach again at 6 and 7.30 p.m. So I don't mind being awake for those 18 to 19 hours because every single thing that I do, I really love. So if you're in your lane and you got people from outside sources saying to you, nah, you're handling too much, guess what? They don't have to deal with this. You do you. And that's where the you do you boo comes from. It <laughs> literally is where is it written anywhere that your best friend, your mother, your father, your own wife or husband get to dictate what you do with your life. Well, they don't. So we did have that beer and whiskey combo abridged. 
it was probably one of the worst years of my life. But I found myself not only breaking up with a girlfriend, getting thrown out of her apartment, because I, again, relapsed and was just doing the same stupid shit. And what woman wants to deal with that? Nobody. Nobody needs to. And these women were strong enough to say to me, it's time for you to go, or I'm leaving. So in 2015 to 2017, so that's pretty fairly recent, I lived in 28 different places, including homeless and Port Authority here in New York City. Now, in the midst of all that, I'm doing shows, and I'm filming television shows, and people thought I had my shit together, and I didn't. I was miserable. Mm-hmm. And it was at that point, so it wasn't until 2017 when I turned 40 that I decided, what is it that I need to do that's just going to make me happy? And that's when the ultimate decision was made. If I want to take up aerial yoga, great, mm-hmm. I'm going to go learn. that. And literally, I don't say I don't say no to anything anymore. You know, I, I took for granted the first 20 years of my career all the cool stuff that I was getting to do because I didn't really know about it. I, I, I didn't really digest it in the way that was going to make sense. And now in my early 40s, I'm like, oh, hell no, because I could die tomorrow. Now we get into more of the motivational portion of the podcast. So I think the reason why people don't succeed is because they don't want to put the work in. I can't tell you how many times I hear, oh, when I get enough money together, oh, when I do this, and then I'm going to move. Guess what? None of that's promised. If you want to move to New York, do it now before you decide to get married or have a kid. Because then after that, it's even harder. You're making me want to pack up my bags. Right. Uh, Well, I mean, if, if New York is on your radar, go. Because what what better time than now? Because you're probably what, early 20s? I'm actually 29. <laughs> Shut up. Wait, you know, look fantastic. Dude. I'm having like a crisis because I got like one year till I'm 30 and I'm like, man. No, I never would have pegged you for being 29. Well, great. But even then, like, you know, here you are mentioning 30. But 30 means what? It means nothing. Somebody the other day said to me, see, don't you wish that you were 25 again? And I was like, no. Because at 25, I was an asshole. It didn't click for me. It honestly didn't click for me until I hit 40, 41. And now I'm like, if I were to stay any, any, if I were to go back and start over at any year, I'd, I'd make it 40, 41. Because it's just like, all right, now I'm just like, whatever. It, it, if it doesn't suit me, I don't do it. I have the ability as an artist as well as a professional coach and trainer and teacher to say, no, I don't want to. But, like, you're worth whatever it is that you ask for. And we won't do that. We won't do that for ourselves. And this is part of, like, when I'm trying to meditate or tell people about self-worth and self-compassion and self-faith, like, you really are everything that you think you are. We just don't have the courage to believe it. And it's sad. Because then what are we going to do? We're going to grow up, and we, meaning just in general, will grow up, you're 65 years old, and I'll tell you the exact reason why I think this way, and you look back on your life, and you're like, where did it all go? I literally was post-divorce. I was suicidal. I'm in a support group meeting, and this 60-year-old dude gets up, and he's in full-on tears, and he's sharing with the support group mm-hmm. that 
he doesn't know where his life went. And I was like, you know what? I'll be damned if I don't wake up at 60 and be like, I did everything I wanted to do. Remember how I said at the beginning that we were going to talk about fitness, the art of yoga, and meditation? We got there, and it was great. You said you teach trauma-sensitive yoga. What is that? Yes. Well, let me declare to you one of the things I think I'm most proud of. I am currently an ambassador and a teacher for the Veterans Yoga Project. So I am trauma-sensitive yoga uh, certified, meaning that I have training, aside from like my regular yoga teacher training, I have additional teacher training in what they call mindful resilience for trauma recovery. So I teach people who have been affected negatively by a myriad of traumas, domestic abuse, sexual abuse, post-traumatic stress. Um, and I, from the yoga standpoint, as you know, yoga is a great way to just connect mind, body, soul. But what we're finally figuring out as a government is that yoga is helping treat our military veterans who suffer from post-traumatic stress. So what that means is if, like, I'm, I get anxious, oddly enough, here in the city, even though I'm surrounded by all these people, I can't uh-huh. sit in a certain place. Like, if I'm on the train, I have to have my back to the door. I can't be in the middle of the car. I just, my nerves start to get jumpy. I start to get anxious. Um, same thing in a restaurant. Um, my girlfriend is at a point now where she knows me well enough, and then she sees that I start to feel a little anxious. She'll put it into my heart. And that's a physical reactor to help the body's parasympathetic nervous system start to kick in. So stuff like that. So with trauma-sensitive yoga, I teach people from the mat. So essentially, I won't ever touch you. I won't come behind you. I inform you of where the entrances and the exits are to the doors, wherever we are in a studio, in a classroom. And I do this for multiple studios here in the city, for the Veterans Yoga Project, for Lululemon. Um, so I've, I've done that. I've done it for an abuse shelter in the Bronx, like there was a, a domestic abuse shelter, and I did mm-hmm. it in Spanish. So it, it really is something to be able to share with people yoga and its mental benefits, not just the physical benefits. I get daily messages from our listeners, and it's really remarkable, and they just share stories, and they share with me how it helps their kids, how it helps their husband. I had a young lady the other day literally tell me, and she posted it actually on the page, but she was at her father's bedside, and he's dying, and she sat with him on his final day, and she says, the only thing that got me through the day were two of my meditations. And I was so blown away by that. I really just blown away. Tell me about the NeoU app and Aptive, how people can find you, what they are. Aptive, of course, is the number one audio-based fitness app. So we are strictly audio, no videos to look at. So we will, as coaches and teachers and trainers, take you through every single workout. Right now there's, I think, 13 different categories, running, elliptical, rowing, yoga, meditation, strength training, and we'll tell you exactly what to do. You just have to put your headphones on and listen to us. Neo U is on the other end. It's an on-camera 
video-based format where we have production studios here in New York City. And right now we offer over 30 of the top-of-the-line fitness platforms brought to you by some of the most renowned fitness instructors in the world. You're talking about how yoga, meditation are so good. The trauma victims and, you know, people who have really gone through it. Why should the random Joe Schmo listening to this podcast, why should they try and pick up yoga, meditation? We live in such a chaotic and frenzied world. And so everyone thinks that to do yoga, you got to be flexible. To meditate, I have to sit still for two hours on a mountaintop stroking my beard. And none of that is true. Yoga is a fantastic way to add not just a sense of calm and peace to your life, but it's a sense of self-love. So, like, how often do we as people really connect with ourselves? And so yoga is not just a great workout because there's varied styles of yoga. Like, I'm trained in what they call a Baptiste-style power vinyasa flow but there's hatha there's ashtanga there's kundalini there's bikram there's varying styles and so the ultimate essence of yoga is what's your ultimate goal in regards to fitness great now the bonus to that is if you're trying to strength build you can do that with yoga but you can also help to increase of course flexibility elongation of the muscles which is just going to help us as we get older. And as a strong yogi, it's going to translate into your weightlifting. So especially if you're like cross-training, yoga is just a great way to go in and help the body recuperate and restore. And then on the other end of a power yoga, you've got the restoration yoga. But uh, my, my advice to people who don't do it is, why wouldn't you want some peace in your life? Thank you so much to Caesar for taking the time to share with me, motivate me, enlighten me, and hopefully do that for all of you as well. You can find more of his work online at CaesarFBarajas.com. The idea of art really is in all of life, but people think, well, if I can't draw or sing a note or play an instrument, then I can't be artistically inclined. But I think what's really, really special is that people's personalities are artistic in their very own way. So it doesn't really matter what you think you can or can't do, like in regards to a medium in art. Right. Merely existing. You know, who are you? Are you the funny one? Are you the brash one? Are you the one that stands up for your friends? And all of that in itself is an art. Find more artistic license at WGNRadio.com and follow all of my artistic endeavors at RachelWoodallMedia.com. This has been Artistic License, and I am Rachel Woodall. Until next time, thanks for listening.